everybody, welcome back to Parallel Words, a new one. One that was recorded. A new one. Literally at the last second in 2020. There's not much left of this year. Here we are. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's technically a year. No, not a year old, but it's the wrong year if you're listening to this in 2021, which you likely mm-hmm. will, because it's getting posted on the 31st. But, yes. hi, I'm John Jagger. I'm hosting... I'm- Introducing himself this week is. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aaron Green. There he is. He's here too. Sorry, this went kind of weird pretty fast. Yep. Professionals. Oh, well. You know, yes. look, you do it every month, you forget in a month. It's true. Isn't that what they said? It practice a skill one time a month, every month, and you will forget the skill on a monthly basis. Yes, that is that's how you form a a habit, right? Is you mm-hmm. do it one time a month and eventually it becomes a habit. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not It's not any the, other version of it's that. It's not any other version of four thousand hours. Nothing. Yep. Nope. Nope. That's all bullshit. Yep. Uh <laughs> made it up. Yep. Aaron, I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to be here, John. We're closing out the year uh, thematically for our stories yes. this week. It's uh, it doesn't really fit, but no. hey, people are getting a really. New Year's Eve episode, and you, uh, you know they get to en- they get to enjoy it. Uh, I thought yeah. our topic this week was really interesting and really fun. Yeah, um, absolutely. For uh, those of you who don't remember, our topic this week was or our writing prompt, if you will. Uh, was sudden and unexpected whimsy, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. good. I that remember. was the that was the terminology I believe we used at the time. <laughs> okay, good. Cons- <laughs> consistency. <laughs> mm-hmm. Consistency. Key. Consistency. Consistency. Doing the same thing the same way. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, yes. All right. Well, that was our writing prompt for those of you who might be new, just joining us on. The third real episode, because as we've said before, every Friday when we on weeks where we don't do a new episode, as this is a monthly show, we will do a retro episode and post one of the ones that we used to have way back when and it got removed from iTunes. So this is how you can find them now. That's all very fun. That's happening. But this week you're getting a brand new one. And the way this show works is simple. Aaron and I take the same writing prompt and we go off to our own corners of the dark, dark, dark Internet uh, I don't know why it would be the dark internet, but, and then we write a short story based on that topic. And then we come back to see how different and weird we have gotten. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we accomplished that for sure this week. Oh, we certainly did that this week. Yeah. I'm feeling yeah. very, very good about it. So again, I'm, I'm feeling very different and weird. Um, so, I mean, as long as you're feeling good about it, then awesome. I feel okay. But I'm feeling it. different and weird. We'll, we'll but get then again. It. You should be I've happy. always felt that way. I've always felt different and weird. <laughs> so uh, so let's dive right into uh, this week's stories. Again, that prompt. Sudden and unexpected whimsy. Which turns out can be interpreted a lot of ways. A lot of ways. We're going to start with my story this week. Switch it up uh, from week to week. And uh, this this week we're going to start with mine. My story was called Standard Array. And 
I guess in the form of introduction, I'll just say uh, this was a little unexpected. This certainly isn't the story <laughs> that I thought I was going to be writing uh, based on the prompt. Uh, the original idea that I had was I was going to do kind of a riff on Harry Potter, uh, that whole, you're a wizard, Harry, like that scene. <laughs> and um, yeah. the idea was basically going to be a guy who did not want to be a wizard, you know, for yeah, for Mr. Potter, that was a very exciting moment in his life. For yes. this person, it would be like, no, I'm not interested. Uh, and then would go about his life and uh, those powers would then continue to manifest in weird and whimsical ways. And I thought, wow, mm -hmm. that really fits the prompt. And then mm -hmm. I follow up thought was, wow, this is a really long story. And I don't have time <laughs> to write in December. <laughs> so uh, right. it got axed. And mm -hmm. uh, the next thought I had uh, following that, because this is this is all fine to talk about before. Uh, yeah. was I kept thinking, I was just in a Harry Potter mood, because whenever I talk about whimsy, I think about Harry Potter, because to me, that I, I mean, I like those books, they're fine, let's, you know, stay away from the, the author and... <laughs> <laughs> the politics of it the uh, the, the the current controversy <laughs> but uh at the time from just a pure book standpoint uh that was a fun little world to escape into but it yeah. always it always bothered me that they lived in this magical world where you could do anything and you could have anything but like whimsy seemed to be actively against them it's like yeah i i never like like staircases that move who did that why'd they do that <laughs> especially especially once it did did so unexpectedly yeah like you'd think that if this has been around forever like they'd figure out how to make them do what you wanted them to do right like yeah you know if it's been thousands of years where people have had magic like you think that they'd figure that shit out by now not a single wizard yeah. in all no. of hogwarts went we should have a button yeah and no one was like yeah i know what i'm doing like they are the whole time they seemed like they were winging it yeah it yeah. wasn't it wasn't good. Like whimsy got in the way of them. Magic did not always improve their lives frequently. No. It just made their lives slightly more annoying, which to me is the true definition of a problem. It's not like <laughs> like magic that causes your life to spiral out of control. Okay, that's just going to happen. Like that's sure. just reality. Magic that slightly inconveniences you, that's problematic. That's life. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's where it becomes an issue for me. So I was, yeah. think, I was thinking, that's where my head goes to with whimsy. And I was thinking sure. about that time that they turn a rat into a cup in that movie. God, like, why? Like, as, as a former teacher, like, I sit there and go, like, what was going through that professor's head was like, hmm, this is appropriate for 13-year-olds. Yeah. You know, it's like, what? What? Well, you know, and, I mean... and that was going to be the second idea for the story. It wasn't what was going through the <laughs> teacher's head, but what was going through that rat's head? Like, he's just yeah, having right. a day, and then he's a cup. Like, <laughs> is it a sentient cup, too? Like, does it does it have a sense of self see this is what i wanted to get into but i didn't write that story so if that sounded exciting <laughs> to you prepare to be disappointed you are out of luck that is not what i wrote write that damn story yourself <laughs> yeah there's your prompts go right yeah because you should be writing damn it that's right that was our motto for this show a little bit
wasn't it? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is something. At least that's what we yelled at each other on Twitter every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, with all that preamble out of the way, uh, <laughs> let's get into the story that I did write. Like I said, it's called Standard Array. We'll go ahead and play it now, and we'll talk a little bit after the break. Standard Array by John Jagger. Delvane Cordo wasn't, and then suddenly, he just was. There was nothing else there, not yet, just a sudden awareness that Delvane Cordo was where previously Delvane Cordo hadn't been. They did not possess any awareness of the time before Delvane Cordo, and as of this moment, there was little expectation in what might follow the abrupt existence of Delvane Cordo. What did follow was a voice, not a spoken voice, a thought that came out as a voice. It was silent, but it was clear. Who am I? A thought returned. You are Delvane Cordo. Who are you? Delvane Cordo asked back. I created you, the voice responded, and this time it was a voice. Delvane heard it, large and powerful. What am I? The creator was quiet. The voice did not return as it had previously. When it returned, it was just as clear. The voice had an edge. Was it uncertain? You are a human being. And as the voice spoke, there was a body. Where Delvin Cordo had none before, it was an amorphous thing. It assembled what could be crudely called limbs in all the places, a midsection mass that could be a chest. It was gray and featureless. But this was Delvane Cordo. This was... him? With that final word, the mass undulated and took a more solid shape. Roiling gray blobs became fingers and toes. The chest flattened and defined with muscle. There was a tightness in Delvane Cordo's throat, and he spoke for the first time in his own words. I am Delvane Cordo. In a flash, the gray body took on pigment, settling on a dark tan color. Hair sprouted from his head and fell to his shoulders. His body became enveloped in basic clothing, crudely sewn wools patched many times over, and leather boots worn thin. He felt a small tuft of black hair pop from his chin as he settled into a standing position and used his legs for the very first time. There you are, the creator said, pleased. And this made Delvane pleased, because he felt he had done well. What do you wish of me? Delvane asked. You have given me life. Now give me purpose. What do you want? Delvane considered the question, but found no answer. I need nothing, for I have everything. The creator made a doubtful sound, followed by a long hum and exhalation. No, Delvane Cordo, you 
require vengeance. I do? Yes, the creator spoke assuredly. For the murder of your parents. Delving gasped in horror as his body filled with an un unknowable anguish. My parents are dead? Yes. Tears began to fall from his eyes. He had never known such hurt. He dropped to his knees, punching at the ground in anger and frustration. Who? Who were my parents? Tamir and Volta Cordo, the creator said. Were they good people? Yes, they did not deserve their fate. Delvane felt that now, too. It became, in that moment, his strongest emotion, his only emotion. Pain turned to rage, hot and burning. He stood and cursed at the creator for taking them. His vision blurred and turned into a dark crimson. His teeth ground together until he feared they might shatter. He felt his anger turn into a weapon, and he found he had nowhere to aim it. What is bothering you? the creator asked. All I feel is anger, Delvane said. I don't fully know why, or at who, or how to deal with it. Why did you do this to me? The creator sighed, knowing that more needed to be done to help their creation. I understand your anger, and I'm sorry for it. Right now, it is all that you are, and all that you know. But I want to show you, you are so much more than just that. And so the creator did that. Piece by piece, images and memories flooded into Delvane. Some good, some sad, some that taught him things and some that terrified him. The anger muted a little, as it seemed to settle in the back of his mind. It didn't leave. He wasn't sure that it could. But now he was bombarded by other feelings, and other senses. When they finished, Delvane could hear pride in his creator's voice. There, he said. You are complete. Delvane felt he understood his place in the world a little better. He knew who he was. He knew who Tamir and Valtacorda were, too. He developed and then understood why he had a slight limp and a fear of spiders. He was pleased to learn that he had a sister, but then dismayed to find out that she was missing and he hadn't seen her in years. He even knew where he was. A small town called Kiriktal. You've given me so much, creator, he said. But I still do not know how I will get my revenge. I know it is my true purpose, and yet I cannot hope to face a group of bandits and killers alone. You will not be alone, the creator said. You will have friends to join you. But what can we do in the face of beings such as these? Your friends will be equally skilled, and while they will be tested, they will likely succeed, the creator said. Delvane felt foolish. I see. So I am to hire these people to act on my parents' behalf. No, Delvane. You must also fight. But I am no fighter, he said. 
As he spoke, dark crimson robes wrapped his body, and a large staff manifested in his hand. He could feel small trinkets and rings fill his pockets, and the indescribable comfort of a book that rested at his side. You are far more than a fighter, Delvane, the creator said. You are going to command the very essence of the world for your own purpose. There was a blinding flash, and Delvane's mind filled with the mystical. He felt he could reach out and harness fire or ice if he wanted to. He felt powerful, but more than that, he felt ready. With a whisper, Delvane Cordo stood tall and spoke. I am Delvane Cordo, wizard and I seek to balance the scales that lay tilted before me. I have dedicated my life to my craft, and that craft to be a machine of vengeance. If you are a friend, I bid you good day. But if you harbor ill intent, then you will see no restraint in my effort to punish thee. Another voice, loud and powerful, filled the air. It was like his creator's, but not the same. Still, when it spoke, he felt compelled to listen, and compelled to act, just as before. Okay, the new voice said. Delvane Cordo enters the Parallel Inn and surveys its patrons. He is here to meet a contact that has some information about some local bandits harassing trade caravans. Compelled forward, Delvane followed the voice. He entered the inn. It was dark and smoky. He couldn't really make anything out. Please roll to see if Delvane perceives his contact, the new voice said. Eighteen, came his creator's response. Delvane watched the dark silhouettes at the bar form and become people. At the far end, near a booth, he saw the woman he was looking for and approached. Hey, and that's it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I feel I feel I feel a, a, a connection to this story, very much so. Um, you know, that's it's like every character I've ever created. <laughs> right. That was. I mean, that was For the an goal. RPG game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dungeons and Dragons character creation. I uh, I wanted to, I was thinking of whimsy and I was again my head was very much in this like this headspace of like well what happens when people turn objects into animals or animals into objects and they just suddenly exist um, and it it kind of reminded me of that uh, that bit in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where a whale manifests up in the air. And there was no way that I was going to be able to outdo that. I mean, it's one of the most classic <laughs> parts of that book, and it's so fantastic. Um, but I do pot saying, "Oh, not again." Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> but I do just love. I love that, and I, I love the idea of things being able to speak with the thing that created them, and this yeah. like general sense of why. 
and and gaining understanding and so that kind of thought process just brought me into okay well making a D&D character you know you start with such a like basic basic foundation yeah what would that be like to be that person to be built and constructed in such a way where it's just like oh i I exist. I'm just a name because most of the time it starts with just the name. I mean, sometimes, sometimes not, but, um, you know, or like a concept, a nebulous concept of an idea. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to explore that. (laughs) And I, it was a lot of fun to do. I wish I had had more time because there was definitely a lot more that I wanted to flesh out that I sort of just glossed over, uh, because of timing, because I mean, there's so many things that you do when you're yeah. making a D and D character that can be funny. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like all of a sudden, just like he's a normal everyday person. It's like, well, we need to give him a quirk. Let's give him a limp. And it's like, oh, geez, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Um, and it just that that idea is very very funny to me. The <laughs> way we just sort of mess with uh, characters and yeah. personalities and things like that. And like, oh, hey, nice. I have a sister, but you haven't seen her in forever. Oh, that's unfortunate. You know. <laughs> Just the just the the way that 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 Delvane just accepts it is just <laughs> right. like he's like all right he's very laid back for a, a a a wizardly character like I usually associate you know wizardy characters with with almost um, some measure of of uh, um, not necessarily meticulousness but. Uh, neuroticism yeah and i don't know if that's just me uh but they the fact that he's just like all right oh (laughs) here's oh i have this thing i don't like spiders all right hey that's that's, yeah that's rough i guess i don't (laughs) like spiders but i mean to me to me i thought i thought about that and i was like well of course he's okay with it like these are just these aren't him being asked for a choice he has no say in this these are just being instilled into his body you know like (laughs) he he is just a name and then it's like no you look like this it's like well you can't dispute that that's just how you look like you know there's no argument to be had you don't like spiders okay i i guess (laughs) i don't you're right (laughs) i I what thought if I want to like? I thought maybe I, I like did, but uh, no. Turns out I don't. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, it just was a it was a fun little exploration into that. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, and so often we run into this uh, doing these short stories when we've done them in the past. It's like mm-hmm. you, you hit that time limit for writing, and you're like, man, uh, if I could. If I had known where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do at the beginning, this would have been a lot different. Um, and I kind of ran into that. I actually, I, I really like the start of this story. I think it really starts strong, but I, yeah. I want to explore um, this idea and this concept more because I just think it's, I just think it's so fun. Um, but I do think it's funny that you mention how you visit uh, or how you view a wizard because. Mm-hmm the original ending I had in mind as I was getting to it. And then I went for something that was a little more just, just in case it was too subtle. Not that I thought it was that this was a D and D character. I would go full D and D at the end, but the original idea was like, <laughs> all right, now go out in the world and 
and you know mark your path and then just as he's getting ready to do it all of a sudden uh the creator would decide eh, you know what and he would age him up about 50 years and give him a beard <laughs> yeah yeah because there's definitely that that goes along with with that kind of character creation in a D game where you're like mm, maybe i want to make him a bird person yeah the the, <laughs> the late game retcon is something yeah. that i'm sad is not in there because it was definitely in the back <laughs> of my mind and i just i i needed to get it done and i needed to finish it and i couldn't figure mm -hmm. out exactly where to work it into the story but i definitely wanted the like oh and now you're significantly older <laughs> with gray hair and a big beard <laughs> I almost wish that instead of local bandits, you'd had, like, they had to go, like, kill rats in a basement or something yeah. like that. Because that's just always, that's always the first mission, like, in anything. Like, you gotta kill rats for someone. <laughs> yeah, abs absolutely. You gotta get that early game XP in there. Well, I mean, that could still come up, you know. We're still <laughs> oh, assembling true. the party, like, you know, that's maybe true. they, maybe they unite when a bunch of rats burst into the inn as oh man and you know that's <laughs> how, equal rights that's how you separate the heroes from you know the the peasantry like those who yeah. run from the rats and those who face them bravely mm -hmm. yes. uh but yeah i did want to go <laughs> full stereotype like dead parents yeah. for the backstory a hundred percent um you know we i i wanted this to not be a original very strong like very cool D, &D character i wanted this to be mm -hmm. the D, &D character that we all made <laughs> we yes. all know we made this our D &D first character. D, D character it's generic <laughs> boilerplate yeah. wizard wizard i like it del like cordo he wants to avenge his parents like that that's mm -hmm. it that's what he's here to do yep. who killed his parents bandits why'd they do it bandits. i don't know they were in the way probably to rob them. <laughs> wrong place wrong time yeah except for right place for character your character's development yes it's, yeah that's that's why parents are there yeah you're not it's there to talk about how they nurtured them and turned them into strong willful good people nope they were there to just die and motivate yep yep it's like a disney movie yeah <laughs> it is like yeah. a lot of things yeah dead parents always yeah it's how you get a batman it's the only true motivation yeah uh so i mean i think that's really all i have to say about the story honestly like most of it was getting most of it was getting to the story for this go around once i started it just sort of came together i had the idea of somebody talking to their creator i didn't really know that it was going to go the D, D route right away but i figured it out pretty quick and um yeah most most of it yeah. is a story that took place before it began and then it kind of wrote very quickly from there and uh it was quirky i liked it yeah yeah well i mean and you kind of have to be at least somewhat quirky with you know something short like this you got to do something to to set it apart uh but you know i mean it's it's you have such limited time 
you know, I mean, it's it's writing short form is so much different than writing something longer form, at least at least for me, because I'm one of those people who's like, oh, I'm going to write something long. OK, I need to make about 11 different outlines. Yeah. Um, and uh, character sheets and you know all kinds of timeline things and then i can start writing it uh you know i've got to do all of the world building first uh so you know but that's that's you don't have the opportunity you've got to start in the middle of everything and just kind of go from there so yeah yeah and that's kind of what i i realized in it too was uh the first thing i realized was that this was would have been much more fun uh, for like a screenplay, like for a, you know, whether that's a short story and animated thing or mm-hmm. whatever, it was extremely dialogue heavy. And the, the yeah. temptation that I had through the entire thing was uh, to have every single piece of it be that conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to just gloss over like, Hey, here's your, you know, here's your backstory. Uh, you're now you're a wizard and now you have all these powers. Like I didn't, I eventually did, but I wanted everything to be more like the parents moment where he, he would just be like, well, how do I avenge them? You, you use your powers. What powers? You know, it's just, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you went to the finest mage college. Like it, to like, me, it was a, I it barely was a know my name. Yeah. Hey, I just learned my name. Now I have all this magic. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would work better uh, as a dialogue back and forth um, mm-hmm. in something presented. It's a little harder to do in a short story because it is just two people talking back and forth for so much of it. Uh, but I also, you know, the temptation was to okay, well, now he's got to build the world. And what does that look like when the world's getting made around him? And, and what's the interpretation of that? But then, oh, that doesn't make sense because the DM makes the world. This is just a character mm-hmm. creator. And, you know, I realized how deep it was. And as a result, I was like, well, we're going to have to just gloss over a lot of this stuff. So it was show the detailed process at the beginning and then just sort of do the hand waviness for the back part. Mm-hmm. but yeah. uh hey that was my story standard array i like it good job john thanks i wrote something which is yay hey more, you know what than writing I could something have said is a feat. months ago it's yeah right it's like you know it's it's that's that's why we originally you know way back in the day even started doing this was to you know have us have someone be accountable to uh, or a, a group of people to be accountable to to have something written, and you know that's that's the driver for it. Is if you have to get something done because someone else is counting on you to have something done, then you better get that shit done. So <laughs> yeah, it all and I mean it teaches you. I, I think what is also one of the more valuable skills, which is, you know, you can have all the big ideas in the world, but when somebody's finally just saying like, hey. Today's the day. You got you got to have this done. Today is the day. Uh you will very quickly go, you know what? Reality check. I don't have time to write what I want to write. I'm going to write what I need to write and I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm be okay with it. You know, when I was first getting into doing cartooning and stuff like that, I had a teacher that said, "Don't use pencil. Just 
do it all in pen. And I didn't really, I wasn't comfortable with that because it was like, well, what about all the mistakes I'm going to make? And that was the, that was the whole point was Mm -hmm. you're practicing, you're learning. Mm -hmm. Don't get so caught up in making something perfect. Just get something done and learn and learn the lessons from it because you're not going to learn anything sitting there erasing constantly trying to Mm -hmm. make the perfect image. And then when you're done go, well, I'm not happy with this at all. Yeah. You know, so just get it done. And that's kind of what this show does to me as well, because again, I had such grand plans for something completely different. And (laughs) then I was just like, well, we got Christmas and we got, you know, New Year's, we got all this stuff, right? And also we kind of had two Christmases because we had to celebrate early for reasons. And like, oh yeah, it was just, it was just a nuts month. And it was like, you are not going to get to write an elaborate story about a guy who doesn't (laughs) want to be a wizard. I was like, well, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like right after we recorded the last episode, you know, I was sitting there going, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> uh, you know, just, you know, all of a sudden realizing what December was going to entail. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, 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 no, but uh, it's good. It's good stuff. I, I like being forced to do the thing that I love to do, I guess. Yeah, if that makes sense in any way, shape, or form, you know, if you if you if you wanna if you wanna have time, you gotta make time. So, it's good advice. Speaking yeah. of what Aaron did, let's get into it. <laughs> yes, uh, Aaron, yes. why don't you give us an introduction uh, to your story? Okay, so my story um, this time is is called Row, R O W, if you prefer. Um, and I, I knew from the outset that I wanted to do something completely bizarre with the concept. Um, I didn't want to go with like standard whimsy. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to do like, you know, what I normally like to do is just kind of twist it a little bit and see how far I can push it. Um, and what came out is something that I can't tell if I am proud of or embarrassed of <laughs> um because it, but it's certainly something um and <laughs> uh and i probably went through four different versions of trying to get it uh to make sense uh and and this is this is the one that uh, that made the most sense and and had the exact ending that i wanted like the ending is is th- that's just what i wanted that was immediately what I had in my brain and it just, it came out just how it needed to. <laughs> I was going to um, say not to foreshadow <laughs> too much, but I was going to say when I got to the ending, I was like, this is the first thing this guy wrote. Uh, yep. I wrote the last line first. <laughs> and then I, so I, I wrote, I literally wrote the last line and then I hit enter and then went above and started writing the rest <laughs> of it to match the last line. <laughs> So yeah, it was uh it was definitely interesting uh, to say the least. Uh so without giving away a whole lot more, um here is Row. Row by Aaron Green. 
Dr. Walt Jimson looked through the one-way mirror and into exam room one, awe and horror fighting for control of his emotions. Inside the room, a middle-aged man was dancing around the otherwise empty room, crossing from one side to the other, and then continuing up the wall and onto the ceiling and then down the other side. Repeat. This isn't even the weirdest one, his partner said from beside him. And Dr. Jordan over at County Medical says he's got three that top even our weirdest. Walt cocked an eyebrow and looked disbelievingly at Kath before looking back through the window. The patient inside was halfway up the far wall and twitched violently, falling to the floor in a heap. Just watch, Kath said, putting a hand on his arm, halting him from entering the room to help the man who lay completely still on the floor, arms and legs splayed in awkward positions. With unnatural quickness, the man inside the room leapt to his feet in what appeared to be a mid-air jumping jack and landed with gymnastic agility. A manic grin plastered itself across his face, and he crouched and began bouncing, first just on the balls of his feet, then slowly rising into the air higher and higher until his balding head hit the ceiling, at which point he began to rapidly ricochet around the room like one of those rubber bouncy balls that children played with. This continued for maybe 30 seconds before he slammed hard into the far wall, his body comically splayed out with his limbs in all directions before slowly peeling off the wall and hitting the ground with a thud. He's been doing this for three hours, Kath said, before leading Walt further down the hall, past exam room two. The condition appears to be intermittent. During the episodes, the patients seem to act like, well, cartoon characters, but once the episode ends, the constraints of normality are... sudden. Kath shuddered, glancing at exam room two. The room's shutters were closed, but the light that seeped through the gaps was tinged pink. As they approached the end of the hall, a panicked voice sounded over the intercom. Um, doctors Jimson and Patel to the ER, like, right now, please? The intercom cut off, and Walt and Kath began to jog toward the opposite side of the hallway. They dashed through several more brightly lit corridors and into the ER, where they were faced with a scene of complete and utter chaos. People in plain clothes were running everywhere, some laughing maniacally, others weeping, with spouts of water streaming from their clenched eyes like fountains. Nurse Blake, a broad-shouldered man in his 20s, waved them over to a curtained-off triage area on the far end of the room. Oh, thank God, he said. I have no idea what's going on here, but I have never seen anything like this, and I don't even know how to go about treating it. Sitting calmly on the exam bed in the triage area was a young man staring fixatedly at his left hand, which was completely flattened. Not crushed, not mangled, flattened, to the point where, when he turned it, it almost completely disappeared. A piece of paper. 2D. Walt walked forward toward the man. Sir, what's your name? Oh, uh, it's, uh, Kenny. Kenny Delmar. And, uh, Mr. Delmar, how did this happen? I'm a contractor. I was working on a site and got distracted as I was putting a beam up in a client's attic. Hit my hand with a hammer and it just went flat. It doesn't even hurt. How long ago did this happen? I don't know, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30? Thank you, Mr. Delmar. Please give me one moment to confer with my colleagues and I'll be right back with you. Walt walked back to Kath and Blake, shaking his head in a daze. I don't even know how to... Blake suddenly interrupted Walt with a shout and they all turned to look at Mr. Delmar, who had slowly raised his flattened hand to his lips, pressing his thumb to them 
and puffing out his cheeks comically, began to blow. The hand started to inflate, slowly at first, but more quickly with each puff until the hand was the size of one of those large foil get-well-soon balloons. And then Mr. Delmar spasmed and began to scream. Just like the man in exam one, reality came crashing back to Mr. Delmar's hand and... With a horrible tearing sound, it exploded in a spray of blood and bone, drenching the doctors in a wave of gore and viscera. Mr. Delmar collapsed onto the exam table, his left arm ending in a ragged stump. Nurse Blake rushed toward the patient and began to wrap a tourniquet around the arm, trying to staunch the steady flow of blood seeping from the mangled appendage. Walt turned slowly to Kath, who was wiping blood from her glasses. We need the CDC down here like ten minutes ago. Lock down the clinic, lock down the hospital, no one goes in, no one goes out. What do I tell them? How the fuck do I explain this to anyone? Tell them we have a row outbreak, and we need to quarantine everyone, or this whole city is going to go complete Looney Tunes, if we're lucky. I thought rapid onset whimsy was just one of those things they joked about at med school. Oh, it's very real, and we need to get this under control quickly, or... Walt trailed off as he looked across the sea of patients, sadly. Or what? Kath asked, panic creeping into her voice. Or that's all, folks. All right, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly there. It's so hard not to, like, wanting to come back. I just immediately want to go, that's all, folks. But it's like, oh, <laughs> they, they just heard that. They know. Yeah, they know. They know that. It's out there now. Uh, Whether I want it to be or not. <laughs> let me let me start. I just want to say, I thought this was a fantastic story. Oh, um, well, it was well, very, good. it was very enjoyable. It. It started as one thing, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a twist right in the middle. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this got serious. Yeah. Uh, and then it had yeah, a very it real weird, real quick. It had a very satisfying <laughs> ending that, again, I, I think for good. I don't I, think it I, would be bad, but I did immediately go, that's the first thing he wrote. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. knew I knew immediately. <laughs> I was like, this ending is too good. It ties in. It is like <laughs> I mean, it's it's a it's like a setup for a joke, you know, it's and you're the, just yeah, like well, the ah, whole thing okay. just feels like a punchline, you know? Yep. Like it's it's the whole point of it is it's just the whole thing is just a punchline. Um <laughs> You know, and it's like, I, I just, it, it, when you, when you, when you, when I picked the sudden and unexpected whimsy, for some reason, the first thing that I thought of, and it's probably just because of, you know, this year was like rapid onset. Uh, it's a rapid onset disease, you know, where, where it's like all of a sudden people start acting cartoony. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, that's the and then I was like, oh, 
What if it's contagious? Oh, what if it's fatal? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the part that got me the most is because, you know, you hear about the guy with the flat hand and all of that. And anybody Mm -hmm. who's seen a cartoon is sitting there thinking like, well, somebody needs to go in and blow on his finger. You know, exactly. that's just where your brain goes. And then what Mm -hmm. I like about it is you kind of punish the reader then by going, oh, yeah, you want to blow on the finger? Well, I'm going to give it to you and it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. And then it it ends up going very bloody and you're like, oh, geez, this is this is going bad. And. (laughs) You had given enough of a hint with the guy, um, you know, with the with the guy who fell and crumpled to the floor in the beginning that like, hey, yeah. this, this doesn't go well. But you didn't give so much away that when I heard about the flat hand and him blowing it up, I wasn't sitting there. I mean, me at least sometimes I miss details, <laughs> but I wasn't sitting there going, I bet his hand explodes. I just was like, oh, it's going to puff up and, you know, it'll be like a cartoon. Yeah. And that was all all I was expecting. And in fact, I was sitting there wondering, like, OK, well, if it blows up like a balloon, does it just snap back into place once he stops? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sitting there going another step ahead with cartoon logic and then all of a sudden real world physics come in and his hand yeah. explodes and I was just like oh no <laughs> I yeah. I don't feel taken <laughs> advantage of because this was set up but like it did surprise me it was very good yeah oh good that was that was the intent like I tried to you know I did the you know I wanted to kind of to really lay that foundation that hint that you know people are acting cartoony and they have like while they're in you know that episode or whatever it is uh it it's they're they're basically it's cartoon physics they're invulnerable you know they wouldn't fall to the ground unless they looked down kind of a thing uh but then you know if they were you know running across the canyon and there they snapped out of the fit they would just fall and they would die uh and it would just be regular things and i tried to to hint at that too whereas you know exam room two they they don't even look into uh you know and you know (laughs) the kind of hint that maybe something not so great happened in there i just figured it was so whimsical they didn't want to look at it (laughs) Yes, it was whimsical to death. <laughs> but what? Here's the other thing I, that I, I I like about the story and about the ending, is that while yes, it is a very good setup for a joke, and like you you could argue that like like you said, this is all set up for an end line for punchline. Yeah. Um, but what I also like about it though is because it goes kind of dark and kind of bloody and kind of extreme. Um, it immediately gives kind of like a, a, a very slight considering what we're dealing with horror twist yeah. to this of like, Oh God, you know, like we're in an outbreak and you know, there's this, this thing is killing or at least maiming people. Yeah. And so that line at the end of, or that's all folks. And like you, <laughs> to me that I read it and I laughed, but then thought number two was does somebody quoting Porky Pig mean that they have the disease? 
And then I was like, is this like the outbreak? Is this like how the zombie thing starts? Like, is it the equivalent of someone like, you know, the big question mark at the end of your horror movie of like, yeah. And then it was over. Or was it? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, and that was that was kind of the the idea that I had, like my original concept for it was I almost wanted to do it like a series of like uh like they were they were uh transcribing their their observation notes of someone and then like have the last one be like by someone completely different uh (laughs) showing that the doctor who was doing all of the observations succumbed to it and that it was in fact contagious um so you know i wanted to kind of have that little you know, the thing where it's the that that's all folks can be taken to very, very different ways. Um, and, and I and I liked that. I like the right. That the question that very famous kind of Resident Evil one note where the guy describes his process of becoming a zombie. And then for reasons that really don't make a lot of sense, if you think too hard about it by the very end, like it's kind of like the zombies writing it. And he's just like, yeah, I eat Dave brains. Now I are Dave. And uh, <laughs> it's like, why did he take the time to write this? He can't even yeah. formulate what he's thinking, but he decided to sit down and write it. Um, but I always think about that note whenever anybody's, you know, or the the Monty Python one, the castle. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. he wouldn't take the time to write. Uh. Yeah, that's what it just says. It just says it right here. Yeah. No. And that was the. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the that's the total intent behind it. It's just the idea that it's like you know, I just I I wanted to leave it on a huh uh kind of a note because I felt like for what it was, that would really be the best way to end it. Uh and it also just it just it worked. It worked with the concept that I had uh, yeah. that I had at the beginning and this was the best way to to go about it uh so yeah yeah i I, took me forever to get this one started but finally i got it the important look i had no problem starting mine i had a real hard time ending it you were on the 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 other side of that spectrum (laughs) and and you know what i'm happy one of our stories this week had an ending so there you go (laughs) we did it Yours had a beginning and mine had an ending and and ultimately we have at least one story going. Yeah. On. <laughs> they don't tie together at all. No. no. But uh between the two of them we do form a complete story. Yes. Uh well it was fantastic man. Anything else you want to say before we uh figure out our prompt for next month? No, no. Um I guess uh I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize hey don't apologize for your work aaron <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough but yeah uh no 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 that's it, it it came out at least somewhat the way that i wanted it to and i was able to get that last line in there uh which was honestly all i really wanted to do out of it so i i count it as a success there you uh, go. if nothing else <laughs> awesome Well, those are our stories this month. I hope you all enjoyed them, and I hope it inspired you to think about your own. Maybe you decided to follow the prompt along yourself, 
If you did, definitely let us know. We'd be happy to yeah. hear about it, hear about your own work. Um, you can do that uh, by emailing us at... Oh, geez. I don't remember the email address. <laughs> Hold on. I'll get it. Uh, parallelwordscast at gmail.com. That's where you can send emails, uh, as the kids talk about. And you can send emails to us. Um, but we're going to go ahead and figure out what our next uh subject our next prompt yeah. is going to be now aaron i already see you've sent a you knew i was gonna say hey give me some things to pick from yeah we did I'm the opposite about them. last month uh yep. do you want to read what you sent me and I will... um so so the, the 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 four ideas that i had um that i thought would be would be interesting to write about uh, uh or at least it's options for for starting um, would be a sudden disappearance, uh, teleportation, night lights, or first contact. I thought that 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 those four kind of gave us a good, a broad array of the kinds of things um, that we would be able to to work with. Um, and so I, I I felt like those it kind of it's it, it runs the gamut, right? It does. It's you can go a lot of different directions with them um and so i thought i thought those would be some some interesting ones so so john tell me what which one do you do you feel like uh we should we should take on for this this coming month i think it's january it's a new year it's uh it's a new beginning and even though we shouldn't feel compelled to write about any of those things <laughs> Uh, of the options you've given uh, given me, first contact immediately makes me think of, hey, that's exactly what we're doing with the new year. Mm -hmm. Let's go with that. Feels feels true to the month. Yep. Let's go with first contact. I'm for it. All right. So our 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 story for January uh, will will be inspired by will be based on the the concept of first contact in whichever direction we want to take that yeah there's a lot of a lot of different ways you can go with that yeah uh, the captain p card fought a borg <laughs> that was what his take on it was ah yes uh, the line will be drawn here <laughs> hey everybody if you want to uh contact us if you want to follow along if you have ideas for prompts that you want to recommend Again, you can email us at parallelwordscast at gmail.com. But if you say, well, John, that's an antiquated way to contact people. I'm a modern person and I want a modern way of connecting with people. Well, great. Uh, you can go on Twitter and you can at parallelwordspc and contact us directly through the Twitter. Uh, again, just say, hey, say you like the show. Or you can give us prompts that you'd like uh, to hear. If we get some good ones, I'll include them on the list for Aaron to choose from next month. Uh, there will be no retro parallel words this week because we're doing a new show. You're listening to yeah. it. You got to the end of it. But we'll be back next Friday and every Friday until we see you at the end of January for the next new episode. Um, Indeed. That's going to do it for, for us. Aaron, any words of wisdom before we go? You're putting me on the spot here, man. Mm -hmm. 
don't eat the yellow snow. Great. It's winter. That's appropriate. <laughs> it's really good no, advice just, from yeah, us here in advice. Arizona where. Yeah. Yeah. In, 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 in Phoenix, Arizona, where it snows so often. Yep. Uh, other than that, just right. Yeah, there you go. Topical. Right. Topical and practical, as always. He's been Aaron Green. I've been John Jagger. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next month for another episode of Parallel Words.